You're listening to the All My Friends podcast, the show where we chat about everything club culture, Manchester nightlife and issues facing the rainy city and beyond. I'm your host Liam Oliver and my guest for this show is Eastern Block DJ and producer Means and Third. We're going to be talking about Manchester's approach to the pandemic and we'll be discussing what we can all do to make sure we can dance again post-Covid. If you're watching or listening, do subscribe. Please enjoy the show. Hello Ben, aka Means and Third. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to have you on the show today. We're going to be chatting about Manchester's nighttime economy, how the events industry has rallied against the lockdown, and I'd like to get your predictions for Manchester's clubbing scene post-COVID. But before we dive into all that, let's do an artist profile on yourself. Uh, this is a music podcast after all, and I really want to hear about your journey and your development as, as a DJ and a producer. So this is a super broad question to start the podcast with, but can you give us a rundown of your, your DJing career? Um, now that could be an entire show in itself. It could be, you could, we could go super into that. So maybe, maybe like a whistle-stop tour of the highlights. It'd be really interesting to see what, what you pick out of that. Yeah, okay. Well, cheers for having me in the first place. Pleasure to be on. Um, but with myself, um, so it started basically from... Uh, my dad playing the radio and me starting to get into bits of music, asking him questions about certain things. And we grew up, like I, I was born just outside Manchester, but we grew up down south um, and it was middle of like nowhere, absolutely nothing. Like, you know, y- your mate was like miles away. You had to like be on your bike for time just to get to him sort of thing. But yeah, when I started hearing these, these bits of tunes and um, yeah, just sort of started slowly sort of following that path, got into uh well it was trance back then pretty much um started going out about like 14 15 when i could sort of like get you could sneak out sort of thing um met a couple of mates and and just went from being like complete like sporty like obsessed with sport lad to like being completely like obsessed with music got like saved my ass off got a pair of decks was buying tunes prior to that so i had like a bit of, bit of vinyl collection before i got them um and then, yeah, it just sort of took off. So um, decided to sort of like follow the education route with it. Ended up coming to Manchester, had to go back because of financial issues and then went to Liverpool and then Manchester. Um, met the guys at the shop first time around in Manchester and then was just sort of like, right, just battering them, absolutely battering them on the counter. Um, met everyone in there, got absolutely annihilated multiple times in there. Um, but then, you know, you, you develop relationships. And then when um, Andy, A&D, um, left, I sort of filled the position. And, uh, yeah, then everything came from there. And then in that lead-up, I was running nights from, like, first started in Fallowfield and mm-hmm. then to Manchester. And then, obviously, with the shop, uh, we were doing, like, things via Eastern Block. And, yeah, ever since, basically. And then the productions came out of that with the education, which was um SSR um, and um, yeah and, and here I am now I suppose. Yeah cool. Oh, I always like to ask what was your first pair of turntables then because I've got a quite an interesting story about my first pair. Would, would, yeah. Did you go for Technics or are we talking like some belt driven nah. monstrosities? Which nah, were... Well do you know what actually it wasn't it was I had a mate who had um, a pair of Citronics like after me and I'm so glad that I saved up first time round to get because I got a pair of like Newmarks yeah. They had like sort of like a piano finish sort of like gloss with them and like a little sort of readout thing. 
and like they were mint but like i said because my mate got these citronics afterwards i was like i am so glad i fucking made the, the effort mm -hmm. to like get this money together because they were a dream in comparison to those belt drives so mm -hmm. yeah that was the first first set and then I, I put them into the absolute ground and then the techniques came afterwards so yeah, yeah. i mean I, i'm still i've still got my my first well, one of them broke beyond repair at a house party and got knocked off a shelf and the tone arm broke off and because they were vest packs they, yeah. they were they weren't replaceable they were, you can't replace them like techniques you can't get them fixed but yeah i asked my mum i was like i remember just on a whim when i was about 13 i was like i want some turntables the next day she came back with two old vest packs ones but she bought off a bloke at the pub for a tenner each and i was like well they're definitely stolen aren't they yeah <laughs> yeah she got for a tenner each and she got i got a two channel mixer for a tenner uh, and they then they sat under my bed for the best part of like eight years until I went to uni and didn't even touch them until then. But it's a good thing I didn't get rid of them. They just sat there gathering dust. And then, yeah, yeah I didn't really sort of get into dance music or dance until a lot later. Um, but they were always there. And then I started trying to mix hip hop, which was fucking well hard. <laughs> but it was a great start. And uh, here we are now. Um, yeah. yeah, amazing though. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. And the next question is something I've wanted to ask for ages. Um, the name means in third, you know, where does that come from? Is there a, is there a story behind it? And if the story yeah. is common knowledge for the rest of the Manchester dance community, then I'm yeah. sorry that you're, you're going over it. But I really, really wish I had more of a sort of like a good story about this, but it's so fucking plain Jane. It's just like literally like I'd gone through like a couple of revisions of sort of, as you do, like sort of um, just getting, you know, your, your, your name to yourself or whatever. And it literally is. The third is the only defining thing because it was a third revision of what I was trying to put out there. And then the letters, it's just like, it's just of my name. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, the, th the third revision so it was that was it and i was just like you just get to the point where you're just sick of like pissing about with things it's the same with like um label names and all the rest mm -hmm. of it because we're just starting uh labels and it, you wreck your head for it and the thing is is like you just need to like go with it and then that's it i just yeah. can't ask for sort of flitting anymore so means in third that's the one it's sticking yeah cool yeah, I mean, yeah, I had a very brief stint as Furious L back when I was 19, and I got rid of that one quite quickly. <laughs> it, 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 still, it still crops up when I want a different moniker to put out a mix of something a bit wacky, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's super cool. Um, yeah, I just go for Liam Oliver now, because uh, yeah. Liam Donahue sounds like a hard trance DJ. <laughs> Donahue doesn't sound great, man, but uh, yeah, no, cool, thanks for sharing. Uh, I also wanted to do some quick fire questions as well. Uh, I thought it'd be quite fun. Um, yeah. So, what's the last record you bought? Yeah, I had to actually have a look because the thing is, I've got this like stash at the shop, right, that has gradually been getting bigger and bigger. Um, but the actual last thing I bought was um, a guy called Pugilist mm -hmm. on Claire. It's a Dutch label out of Rotterdam. Um, but Pugilist is like, he's come from sort of like dubstep, bassy sort of like world and come through, and he's like sort of like a sprawling kind of like deep but like euphoric kind of like stepper is really really good mm -hmm. um but i I'd sort of held off from buying it for a bit um and then like heard it again like a couple of months later i was like nah that's that's killer so i just go back and, and pick it up yeah mm -hmm. and what record are you most looking forward to buying yeah there's a there's a there's a couple of bits coming up there's one by um a guy um prgm is his name on a label out of massachusetts that uh, i've been following like a little bit by a guy run by a guy called aaron J. it's called sure thing um it's more sort of like deeper kind of like 
head fuck kind of like techno that I'm into. Um, but it's got a bit of clout as well, which is, is what I need. Yeah. Sweet. And your favorite artist right now? Uh, like there's, there's always like, it's forever changing and there's always like loads, but like I've had like a stint of going back to kind of like my tougher techno vibe and like a guy called Rico, um, Spanish guy that's just prolific. Like there's nothing that guy touches is an absolute fire. And like, he's had a little bit of a sort of reaching further into what he does. Um, he had a couple of things on Avian of late that have just been like mind blowing. And then he's just done a remix for a, a label at South America. And it's quite like trippy, sort of like more atmospheric techno, but his remix has gone gone in a little bit. And it's just everything he does. Yeah, Rico, man. Rico. Um, yeah. If I can, well, if you're, if you're happy with me sharing it, I'll find the links and put them in the description. For yeah, no, of course not, 100%. Um, best set you've seen at Eastern Block? Yeah, I had to have a thing, um, but... Don't tell you, this is supposed to be quick fire. The audience isn't supposed to know, I've sent you these before. <laughs> no, 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 I've gone in. Um, yeah, so like Galaxian. Galaxian at E-Block was just amazing. He ended up like playing, basically it was like a live set for an hour. Then we sort of like looked at him and he were like, if you want to carry on, you can. And he ended up going on for like, like three, three and a half hours. Absolutely blew it, yeah. Galaxian was amazing. Amazing. Um, your favorite time playing out, um, not not necessarily a, a venue, but like just your favorite, like if you if you've got yeah. one night which really just like popped yeah, up. yeah, I've got to mention too because it was like the last one we did at White Hotel Free Block Presents was just amazing, like vibe was just insane, like I got to play everything that I wanted to play, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, just vibe was killer. But also, I don't know if you ever visited the place next door. They had a place called the Bunker. Um, I've, I've heard I've heard lots of things about it, but I've never never been there. Yeah, to it's got like a you know kind of sort of like not corrugated iron, but that kind of sort of that kind of vibe. And then, but it's like see through, so like the light comes through and the sun comes up. And mm -hmm. I played for high hoops in there one time, and it was just insane. The sun was coming at that point; it was coming through, and like everyone was just on fire. Like it was just yeah, just massive vibe and smiles all around, and yeah, yeah, wicked, wicked. That's sweet. As yeah. Two great Manchester venues as well. I'm really gutted I could never make it to the bunker. Uh, I've had a few people tell me about that. It might even be that night, you know. I know some of the guys from night school were down there. Um, so it might, they, they might be mentioning the same night. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it sounded really, really sick. You also, um, when did you do the, the boiler room? Was it the concourse you did it in the, in the new warehouse project? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Was that, how was that? Was that all right? Or? Yeah, it is, it's, I, I had a little bit of a hookup about like my own performance on that night, but it was the, the way they had everything set up um, in terms of the booth um, was a little bit weird and the length of the room like didn't help. But like the good thing about in there is that like people, you know, you're on this fucking map, it's like 2000 people or something, it's yeah. stupid, yeah. but people are like near enough on your level. The like, the stage is just slightly raised and then you can look out. Yeah. So you know when you get these bigger venues and it's like fucking you're up in the bloody rafters or something you're away from everything at least you've got a connection so yeah no it was wicked it was it was good it was just a bit of a weird one to sort of like get accustomed to in the first place yeah yeah it's interesting that so because there's always this i always say i'd rather play to a room of 400 people than 4000 because you oh. don't have that same that same sort of connection yeah. yeah it's yeah interesting you went in on that that's really cool yeah. uh i don't wrong i'd love to play there but i think it would uh, it requires a different skill set doesn't it and a different sort yeah. of 
Yeah, you do have to be aware. But you, also at the same time, you want to put yourself across. Do you know what I mean? You're given an opportunity. You're not just going to sort of play to like whatever. You've been asked for a reason to. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're, you're doing a job, but it's, it's tying all those things together and making it work. Cool. Um, so I think I might know your answer to this one, but uh, favourite venue? Yeah, I've got to say White Hotel. <laughs> no question. <laughs> I, I, I do, I do, I do love, like, you know, I, I, in terms of, I, I mean, I should be saying, like, E-Block as well, really. And I, I, I am, like, it is, like, I, it's just with, like, the bigger crowds as well. I don't know, it's such a weird one. I, my head's in such a, a, a mad place at second with, like, when you start talking about it because of everything going on. Mm-hmm. You just, that long since we've had that experience at second as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Manchester's full of them as well. I just, I just, we were getting to a point where just before this happens, like that we could have done with like a smaller, I don't know, like two, 300 cap place as well. And like, did you hear of that place that was under, um, under the Hatters gaff? Um, what's it oh, um, and, um, yes, um, Hatters gaff. And, are we and, about hostel are we talking the pier? Yes. Uh, no, no, no. The, you know, where they've opened the restaurant on the corner, just outside of Stevenson Square? Bab. Uh, what is it? The kebab place across from... No, other way. So you're going towards Oldham Street. It was a place under... Cotton, aren't you thinking? Yeah, yeah. And then, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I was, like, quite, like, sort of hopeful about that, but it never really sort of, like, come to anything. And, yeah, we... Yeah. Well, we'll see. Let's, let's get all this out of the way, and then we can, yeah, yeah. think about it. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about that quite a bit in the show as well, like where we're going to go after after the yeah. pandemic and stuff. Um, and again, the last one, I've thrown this one in. Um, have you taken Rishi Sunak's quiz and what are you going to be retraining as? No, I've not taken his bloody quiz. <laughs> um, and yeah, I know. Like, I, I, I don't know, is this the right points going on this guy? Because <laughs> this well, be I, um, there's going to be several points throughout the show where we can probably discuss it. But uh, yeah, if you want to go in now, you can have an opening tie. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, you know, apart from like, the, the first thing is anger. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then it's just like, right, calm yourself down. Because um, that's the thing, man. It's just like, it's so ingrained in like every bit of our lives, you know, in society. And it's just like, you're telling like, hundreds of thousands of people just like drop it and forget everything everything you've trained for all the rest of it and mm-hmm. and you know like so think about his his daily life i'm sure at like multiple points from the second he gets up there's there's some sort of like connection to culture in what he's doing so you're telling me that you don't want any of that like i've seen some meme about like um next time you see rishi sunak like even reading a book listening to a song you know going to a theater production like floor the guy because that's exactly what you do you know what I mean you're going completely against all that so yeah it, it's a weird one but um yeah I know I, I need to I need to probably like calm down a little bit because I've definitely had a couple of venting sessions of late going yeah. on no well hey that's what this podcast is for don't worry about that I mean yeah. I think from my point of view like the, what the Tories idea of culture is obviously that like, what they think is culture is culture but it's only a very specific part of British culture which is it's the opera, it's the problems. And I think a lot of change and a lot of great things, a lot of like, if you look at authors from the past hundred years, like, you know, even before clubbing, they were in dive bars and they were in dingy places and they were in places that we probably consider whatever the underground was in the 1910s, they were probably there yeah. figuring out and, you know, creating art that, you know, art doesn't happen at 
Pretamonja and Starbucks, which is another meme that's going around at the moment. So just to like write all of this section of society off. Yeah, and, yeah. And I think whenever anyone speaks about it on the news, the second anyone mentions events, they talk about the hospitality package, but that's not events. And yeah, and it's, it, yeah, events, events of places that are open from 11 till six, not, yeah. not a restaurant or a bar. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is annoying. It is annoying, but I've got a few questions on it as well. So we can go in, we can go yeah. into events and more then. Yeah, of course. One thing I did want to ask as well is, you know, just about lockdown, like it's been tough for a lot of people, but there also has been quite a lot of create creativity to come out of it. Um, yeah. ha have you undertaken any production or DJ projects in that time? And like, what have you done to stay sane and productive? Yeah. So we had like, at the start of it all, it was kind of like a little bit, of a tough one. The, we used a studio in um, Wellington Mill, uh, on the top floor, and literally, like as lockdown hit, uh, the first first time round, um, the electrics in the building completely went. So, yeah, exactly. So the the first like what like first three months or whatever, we weren't able to get in there. Um, so first like month was just going insane um, and just on at the building all the time. Um, because of course, like anybody in our situation had sort of seen this as a little bit of an opportunity to like say, get on with things. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we of course couldn't do that. So we end up like bringing a load of stuff back and me and Kerry sort of makeshifted like, as she has now, mm -hmm. um, like a little bit of a studio in each of the rooms in the flat and it's pretty tight as it is. So that was a little bit daunting and we managed to sort of like pull it off. But then um, it, it, the electrics came back, got the stuff back in. Um, I eventually got like everything back and going. So she's currently operating out of the flat and then I'm back in the studio. So mm -hmm. it, it was frustrating to start off with, um, but we've got things going back again now. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, we always had plans to start labels this year um, mm -hmm. with the hope to sort of maybe start releasing like this time. Mm -hmm. um, but with everything going on, money being a biggie we're both doing like records so pressing records which is super expensive so it's just been pushed back but the whole back end of that is like sort of been uh been and got on with um so that's another thing and then also we've had to like with that in mind we sort of decided to rather than asking somebody we decided to sort of learn the design element of things so um there was with a lot of companies as well they sort of like you were saying about ableton before doing their Nightingale try thing or whatever uh we found this rather than use like things like photoshop and that adobe like i didn't realize but they're everything's subscription these days yeah, so you've, yeah like, it's annoying yeah yeah you buy it it's so expensive dude like seriously expensive so we tried to find like a different uh program and we found this company called serif that does this thing called um uh design so mm -hmm. and they do photo as well affinity is the company mm -hmm. um and so we learned that and I've been doing sort of like the label side, like all the design stuff, which has been like really gratifying, but really frustrating too. Cause it's like, you know, think about when you started DJing or producing or whatever, like it's just banging your head against the wall for a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's getting there now. Um, and then there's been a couple of the bits that we've been doing, thinking about, well, just sort of trying to sort of give back more. So um, there was a scheme that we applied for a couple of things with the art council in the past. Mm -hmm. And we've got a couple of friends that um, sort of told us about a couple of the bits. And um, me and Kerry have put in for um, a grant where we'd be taking on two sort of 
little protege sort of thing and just going through everything that we know um, and trying to sort of get up to speed on on everything from DJing, production, getting sort of wider um, idea of the industry in terms of like the shop, events, um, and just sort of getting them, so we give them an opportunity basically. We've got, we're in a great position because of the shop as well. So yeah, we're waiting to hear back from that from, I think that's like maybe the end of this month we hear back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, that, that's about it. So like just, just like, in terms of actually making music, apart from the start when I had to bring everything back, I've not made that much because the label's been such a focus. Mm-hmm. But outside of that then, yeah, hopefully once I've got this first one down, which is getting close now, um, yeah, the music making can start back up again. But looking forward to see what happens with that grant as well, because I'd really, I think we've got like a lot to give. Like we had so many avenues with the shop prior, and with everything like closing on that front and not being able to do the events or everything else that we were doing, the workshops and stuff. Like we're now sort of like looking at other other ways of doing it, and that that's what's come up. So hopefully that comes through because that'll be a biggie. Amazing. I've got I've got a few things I want to ask you on the back of that. Really cool you said about the studio as well, because you're in you're in Wellington Mill, which used to be Mantra. Yeah. And the studio over the canal, Brunswick Mill, that's where my studio is. Yeah. Um, so it's quite interesting to hear you talk about going to the studio because I, I, I originally got my studio because I was getting noise complaints and I was like, this is really miserable, I want to play music. But now I really like it as a, a way to separate like yeah production do you, have you found the same thing do you because i brought all my stuff back over lockdown as well uh really good yeah. to have the turntables in the in the new flat nobody complained i was having a great time uh yeah. we had a big dj set every friday it was really fun but in the long in the long term now i really like that because the journey is only 600 meters to me but it really gets you into that headspace headspace have you found the same thing yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one because um, prior to having like, this is when I moved in with Kerry. So like uh, prior to that, I'd always had stuff at home and I was very, um, I think some people struggle to, like you said, like uh, live in space, work in space or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was pretty good at it. Um, and so I sort of like fought it a little bit, but we're in a flat. And like you said, like you just can't get around it. Um, we were getting complaints from upstairs. So we, we got the space. And you know what? I agree. Like that sort of like separation is really, really good. As like, we were in Levin June, so it takes me about like quarter of an hour on the bike or something. Mm-hmm. Um, just even, I look forward to that, like that cycle as well. Do you know what I mean? It clears the head, you get in there and it's right, focused. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, my, my studio doesn't have an internet. So there is, there's literally no distraction. It's really good yeah. in a way. Um, yeah, That's nothing even, wanted to, what was that, sorry? That's even better not having it because like, yeah. honestly, it's, it's still a distraction. And, and the thing is, is like, especially with work and stuff as well, it just bleeds into every day. Like you, you get in ordering sheets all the time. So if something catches you, do you know what I mean? And then you, you divert and it's like, ah, but yeah, you're right. No internet. Great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It'd be cool to hear a bit more about these, uh, DJ prodigies. That's really, really cool. Like, so you're almost taking like a, it's going to be like an apprentice, like a, yeah 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 i mean like because we did like a good bit we've had like a good couple of interns like through the shop that have sort of like you know come through and gone into other things um mm-hmm. and like we've spoke about it for ages we'd love to sort of be able to like use the space more so on that front and like put in more workshops um but you know with everything going on it's obviously been difficult but this came up um and our friends suggested it as and because we did so much anyway it was quite 
easy getting the application together but through past experience as well with these things it has to be put out in a certain way mm-hmm. like I don't know if you've ever done it yourself or known anybody to but it's like I'm not the most um I don't know I can't convey things in the in the best way sometimes from that perspective and like um this seemed a bit more they realized uh because with 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 arts council funded sometimes it ends up going to the same people and that really fucking frustrates me because there's so many of the worthy projects that are out there mm-hmm. uh, so they've opened it up and like i said the focus is 18 to 25 so we'd love to do it for more but just with money constraints on the rest of it i think we got it down to you know when we're doing the, the money side like maybe like two or three people but i think it better if it was like you know one with me one with Kerry and then we'd swap over where we need to or whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah like it's exciting I just hope it all pulls off and if not like we've got everything there um when things hopefully go back a little bit better we can be thinking about it a little bit more mm-hmm. cool yeah that sounds really interesting man I'd like to move on now and chat a bit about the the Be Right Back compilation so you yeah. contributed to the Be Right Back compilation which was put together by Save Our Scene so that must have been a fun project to be part of, but also one that's, you know, really helped artists in the city and beyond. So do you think as like a dance music community, we're only going to see industry support coming from grass mo- grassroots movements like this from within the yeah. scene? And do you have any suggestions or ideas about how we can keep this momentum up uh, and support local dance communities, uh, you know, as the pandemic goes on and we, we constantly adapt to these new rules and stuff? Yeah. I think like Manchester, like dance music community is amazing. Like it's very, it's, we're, we're so, so lucky on that front. And everyone's always like willing to sort of chip in and get together. And, you know, as a result with the compilation, like first time round, like when this all kicked off, that's exactly what it was there for. And it came in, you know, perfect on time. Everyone was willing to come together. Um, and, you know, that helped out a lot. Like, I mean, there were, there were people that really needed that at the time. So yeah, like fair play, like for it all coming together. Um, and like, and I think that'll, that'll carry on. Like mm-hmm. the, 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 the government's the one that are like sort of defining things right now. You can't really put things down to like, um, you know, Manchester city council or anything or more sort of like on a local like level, because it, that's, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. That's what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think, I think within ourselves, we're great. I'm not expecting anything outside of that. Um, maybe it will come eventually, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure, sure it will. Um, yeah, yeah. I know, but we, yeah, I think you're right as well. We have so, so many grass, mo- grass, grass, can't say that word, grassroots movements within the city that I think, yeah, Manchester's scene is so strong and it's so open to helping other people. You're not the first person who's ever come on one of my podcasts or done a mix of me that said that. Um, so that's really heartening to, to hear. Uh, and for anyone listening and watching, we'll add a link to the Be Right Back compilation in the show notes to the episode. And I have to do this once every episode, but if you're listening, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on SoundCloud. <laughs> this is the third time I've had to do this. It's still quite new to me. But yeah, if you're listening, I'm going to break the fourth wall. Please subscribe um, for everything like nightlife, club culture, dance music, and Manchester. Sweet. Um, so now let's get back to the podcast. <laughs> um, I do want to get your thoughts on how Manchester specifically has handled the lockdown. But before we get into that, uh, it'd be great to get some insights from how Eastern Block's been doing. You know, you've been in a pretty unique 
position because you've been shut for a long time like we've already spoke about this but you've also had digital sales to give you you know give you a helping hand um so have you found that lockdown hasn't really affected you um and when do you think like realistically you can get back to business as normal like events would be the big one because i can't imagine that's yeah. going to be happening downstairs for a while at ebr this is the thing it being like an 80 cap venue like it's just not on the card socially distanced events is just not something that can we can even think about um with the the shop i mean like initially it was like maybe like getting towards three months that we actually like closed but um it, the the website was taken over during that time so say someone would go in like every couple of weeks and just like keep up with the orders um it was it was it was okay like I wish it would have been better on the sort of online sales, mm-hmm. um, but it's always been more of a sort of like personal experience. Mm-hmm. Like, up, do you know what I mean, that the website that has come has like been later to things. We are having it redeveloped there right now. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping everything will be a lot more smoother. It's it's fine what it is, but it's just it's a little bit clunky. So we just yeah. need to do that like that a little bit. So hopefully that's all coming. So we're taking steps on that front. Um, yeah, when it like with with the uh, when it first shut because the money wasn't coming in as well, you weren't able to sort of order um, stuff at the time because you just didn't have it coming in. Mm-hmm. Once we like once we reopened, we're doing currently so it's Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. um, and it's that's taken over all right. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely could be better. We're supposed to be you know with limiting people in the shop. Yeah. You have to. Everything yeah. sanitized. We're asking people to, you know, before they touch or anything to sanitize, use gloves if they want. Everyone's wearing masks. Um, I can't see it going back to normal until, you know, society fully changes. It can. Mm-hmm. We just, we're just too small. Um, but the, the good thing is, is that, like, from, like, our customers' perspective, like, a lot of them during that, time we were closed they held off from splurging on junos and red eyes and all the rest of it um and they came in with a good little sort of like amount of money to spend when we did reopen so like massive shouts to anyone who like you know made the effort or still is making the effort to come down mm-hmm. um thinking about us because it goes a hell of a long way when you're an independent in these situations like you don't realize how like tight margins are and stuff and it's it is seriously seriously tight Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, anything like support wise on that, that front is, is, is massively, massively appreciated. But yeah, we'll, we'll go in, like we're taking over. Like it's definitely like, you know, paycheck to paycheck kind of sort of like vibe at second. And like winter on the, on the cusp of things is like, you know, that could be a bit more tighter again, because while in summer, I mean, the good thing with Manchester City Council is that like they, you know the area where the square is so yeah. they opened up that they pedestrianized the road yeah so yeah, you're able, right, yeah i've been in for a few days yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly so you're able to sort of push it back a little bit further mm-hmm. and that that period of having that is hopefully going to take us over throughout you know maybe through till march mm-hmm. when that other scheme comes to end mm-hmm. um but that that's going to be down to the wire again yeah, yeah. Um, depending on what happens on monday as well i'm not too sure what's going to happen with this like they're saying about places having yeah. to close again um yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see jim seems to think my manager sorry that like um the, the the record shop will like take over whatever because we can sort of like just get around it mm-hmm. um but of course if the business isn't 
you know, as a whole moving, then John can, you know, pay out for us to be there in the first place. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, no, yeah, I remember. I, yeah, well, one, let's get first thing that I deal with about Eastern Block, and you, I think you obviously you are right. You weren't there, but it's. I like to go in. It's one of the places that you want to go in. I want to go in because. I'll see you or I'll see Jim and you'll recommend me loads of stuff. And that's like, that's like the big selling point. That's like really, really cool. But when, when you guys had shut, I was buying, I think I was buying a record a week and I was storing them all up um, yeah. from you guys online. Uh, and then I had to, I did a rundown on Thursday and I think luckily Jim was in doing some stuff and he sent me some letters, uh, not letters, he sent me some vinyl through like the, the letterbox opened the door and sent me them, which is really, really cool. But yeah, that's, that, that ethos is really difficult to, capture online and i think that's one of the things that certainly for me separates eastern block from the other stars in town is the, the personal feeling you get when you go in which is yeah, really i'm super place. proud of that like i am that's that's something that I, I and you hear it now and again and like you know you just got a little like pat on the back about it but like i honestly do believe that like mm-hmm. if you're I, I i went when i started going record shopping like i said when i went e-block and stuff i got absolutely annihilated and that was part of the experience back then you, mm-hmm. you had to go through that but these days, like just on a sort of like financial perspective, you can't afford to do that. You see a new face coming up those steps or whatever. I'm like, right, what are you about? What are you into? You know, yeah. tell me like, and let's get a little bit of relationship here because yeah. that's what I want out of it. I want you to be coming back and I want you to be go- coming up the steps again and me giving you a massive pile and going, right, I know what you're about. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That's what it's, it's about for me. Amazing. When you say annihilated, annihilated, by the way, do you mean as in you bought bad records or you mean... Nah, as in the guy behind the counter killing me. Like, oh, right. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't tell whether you were saying that I, I just annihilated financially, which can happen records. Nah, nah, sorry, I'm, 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 yeah, going off one. Um, basically, it's like that whole thing of like, you know, like shitting yourself about going in a record shop initially, yeah. speaking to the guy, telling him what you're into, and then just looking at you going, what do you mean? Do you know what I mean? As in yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Mark Turner, man, honestly, I got, I got killed by the guy like initially, but then, you know, I'm, I'm a good mate with it now sort of thing. So, yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. Cause you, you know, you, you know, my musical preference is probably better than I do sometimes. Cause you'll, you'll put, pick up, pick out things for me about, Oh, this is sick. Um, yeah. And you can almost do it now. I imagine you can do it loads of other regulars. You know, when you see me come up the stairs, about, well, if Liam's spending 30 to 50 quid today, I know, I know the type of yeah. stuff he wants. And sometimes yeah. I've got to be like, you can't give me all that because it's too much good stuff. <laughs> You're going to have to make me choose, man. <laughs> I, I know, I just need to be told to stop sometimes. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to ask as well, which I was really interested in, is how like, the lockdown has actually affected like, record supplies from labels. Is it, has it disrupted the logistics of like, record pressing? I, was, I can't remember who I was chatting to the other day about it. I think it was, again, one, maybe one of the guys from Night School, but... You know, pre- pressing records on a small scale takes a long time. And do you think we're going to see like new releases drying up because we're six months into a lockdown? Um, how, how does that work? You know, great, yeah. great your insights. I think initially, a lot of people shit themselves. I think like, and also like the the places of production, the, the plans, they had to sort of adhere to things as well. So there was initial sort of like, right, okay, then so slow down. I think a lot of labels at the time as well just thought, is it worth it? Because the money factor is just so big and you stand to lose so much. Is it like, should I be doing it? Um, so I think a lot of people have sort of switched on, on that front, but at the same time, it's not, it's slowed down a slight bit, but I'll be honest, like in terms of like sheets I'm getting through, um, there's still a hell of a lot of stuff coming, like a hell of a lot of stuff. There's definitely like, 
yeah, it's definitely reduced. And it, at certain genres as well, I've noticed, like, maybe not as much. Some things these days are sort of better suited. Like, well, not better suited, just, like, they've, they've taken, like, a, a route down the digital path and, like, that's where they are. But mm-hmm. other things, like, with my techno or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm, like, there's still loads. There's, there's a hell of a lot online that I'm gutted sometimes that I can't get on a record. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just that's just the way it is these days. So it's all good. Yeah, but, yeah, it, it slowed down a little bit, but not 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 much. I'm still getting loads of from distributors. Oh, that's well, that's good news, isn't it? Then I, I expected yeah. you to say, yeah, things have like ground to a halt. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I did want to get. Um, I think we spoke about this a bit already, um, but I did want to get like your opinion on like Manchester's response to to the pandemic, specifically like the nighttime economy. How do you think the city's managed? Uh, and you know, with Eastern Block being an event space as well, have you felt supported at all, or, or do you feel like you've been left in the dust? I mean, I'm talking there. Maybe let's just look at the event side of EB for that. Yeah, no, of course. Um, yeah, again, it's like this weird thing about like because you can't really voice like Manchester specifically when you're talking like a sort of government or or city council perspective because it is coming from on high from down there. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yes and no. Like, the thing is, is, like, this whole thing with Rishi Sunak, like, again, like, it's just, like, you sort of, I don't know, came out as this messiah when it was all about, like, the furlough and stuff. Yeah. And I was just, like, no, 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 like, all come back, do you know what I mean? You're going to be paying for that for fucking ever, do you know what I mean? Your great-great-grandkids are going to be absolutely, like, you know, that, 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 that money's still, like, going to be coming back or whatever. And it's... Yeah, I don't know. I think, yes, in terms of sort of like, like I said about with the shop and the events, we couldn't do them. So that whole extension with that um, pedestrianisation, like that's probably going to have saved us. In a couple of months' time, that's, that money that we earned then is probably going to be the difference between staying open or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes and no. Like it's right at second, I'm, I'm not really feeling the love. There's not much there. Like, but initially yeah it probably did help if we wouldn't have had that bailout with like the the furlough and stuff like it we probably wouldn't be about again do you know what i mean so yeah it's a bit of a weird one i just i don't want to sort of like uh single out sort of like this is like a bad manchester decision because i just don't think they've got i think andy burnham has been like really outspoken of late about yeah. things so cancel the curfew thing and you know backing from sasha as well and sort of like pushing that i've seen him the other day like getting really like vocal and i was like good on you lad do you know what i mean it's, it's nice so, because manchester is it's such a culturally sort of like rich place mm-hmm. um, and it's that's what like turns it over that's what people know it for it's like it pisses down all the time in manchester we need something that's what we've got do you know what i mean that's our lifeblood or whatever and yeah it, it was just good to see him getting so fired up but like i said it's not him that's like pulling strings here He's got to be adhering to, and you know, so have we. So, yeah, yeah, you're right there. So I think like Manchester, probably more than London, maybe. You know, he's seen as like I think you get clubbing tourists here in the same way you get clubbing tourists to Berlin, um, yeah. and yeah, Manchester. Obviously, like the heyday of the hacienda. I think sometimes you look back. I think a lot, a certain section of Manchester people look back at that with like rose tinted glasses, but it's still like. It's still, you know, we need to adapt and move forward. We're not the Hacienda anymore, it's like 30 years ago. But I do still think, yeah, as like a, as a musical pedigree, it's probably on par with, I can't say it's better than London, but it's on par with London, like, and people should come here. So we, it does need to be like defended. Um, 
one thing you mentioned there, which I've, I've wrote a question about as well, is cancel the curfew. It's gaining yeah. a lot of traction, which is, which is great. You know, the, the current rules, the amount of things I've seen on social media about how you can get on a bus with no track and trace, you can go shopping with no track and trace. The second you go to a bar, you've got to sign in, and then if, if something happens, that bar shuts for 14 days. Like, yeah. it's stupid. And yeah, the 10 o'clock curfew, I live in Ancoats, and there's a really busy square here now called Cutting Room Square. Which at 10 o'clock every night is just turning into an absolute, well, a rave pretty much. <laughs> Which in normal circumstances, I wouldn't mind too much, but uh, in this case, I would. So yeah, yeah. what should we replace it with, in your opinion? What do we, what we I, cancel the curfew, but what, what do you think practically yeah, we can do? I think that the, the time thing should go out the window. Like it's the 10 o'clock, it's just not, it's not benefiting anything. Like, uh, did you see that... Um, it was the guy from GAY in London as put in a case against the government because they were unable to provide um, scientific uh, backup for, um, you know, the reason they, they're putting it in the first place, which is like a fucking massive step, do you know what I mean, or whatever. But it just goes to show it's not, it's not, um, it's not the answer in the slightest. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, don't get me wrong, like we should be taking precautions. Everyone needs to have a, a good bit of like personal responsibility as well in these situations. Mm -hmm. um, there's the things that have, I've heard, seen, or read a couple of things about like rapid testing as well that's being trialed. Yeah. Um, I can't remember where it initially came from, but I know they did something in Germany not too long ago with a, a like, like maybe like a couple of thousand person venue, like maybe it was three nights they did and they did this rapid testing and they used a control and then they also did the normal testing as well and then they're doing something in barcelona i think it is as well like with the mine for bigger events in the summer like next year uh, as like a little bit of a sort of like test run so yeah there's other things that can be being done um but yeah the 10 o'clock thing just needs to start man it's just it's killing so much like there's gonna be nothing left um yeah, and yeah. I, I always I, I look at that decision, and it seems like a political one, which is, a, as you said, it's not doesn't seem to be based on any fact. It just seems to be based yeah. on it almost like it almost feels personal, like a personal attack. Yeah, um, just just because oh, we'll just shut over earlier because people don't need to go out that sort of thing, and you yeah, know, that lack of sort of insight from the government where they're just happy to shut places down at ten. Um, it just seems really 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 stupid. Um, yeah. but let's. Let's move on. Uh, maybe a more positive question. <laughs> uh, the past, the past two podcasts I've done have been obviously we've been talking about climate change and COVID, and yeah, they're a bit. I want to, I want to inject some positivity into them as I well. Know, you, just, you kind of get like drawn down there, can you? And yeah, you just yeah. get on. Three before I mean, you know. These, these, these. Well, these are the topics that need to be discussed because this is what's happening. Um, so, how are you preparing for um, clubbing post-COVID? You know, both as like a DJ who gets bookings and as somebody on the other side of the turntables. What are you looking forward to most as well? Um, and how do you think playing out is going to change when you can start DJing again? Yeah, um, yeah. Like, we'll obviously like collecting a shitload of music. There's so much good stuff coming out. Like, I know I said before about getting a little bit annoyed about a lot of stuff not making it to record but like that's no means why i'm not like you know taking that all on board like so there's going to be a shitload of like i hate the idea of like all this music being made and just not getting the outlet that it deserves it's like again like going back to labels with me and kerry like it's it's club music that we're making and mm -hmm. the idea it's not going to get played in those situations it's killing you but yeah. the people who are into that music are always going to listen to it regardless mm -hmm. um but yeah like so just getting stuff together um, I'm, I really don't want like 
I don't like the idea of like post-COVID clubbing and that whole, you know, environment changing much because what makes, what people get out of it and what I got out of it when I first started getting into things, like you can't recreate that in this like super sterile like way. It just, what benefits those situations are like having, you know, what I got out of it and I don't, I know maybe I'm just like, you need to sort of change, but I don't know. I just don't want it to change too much. If it goes too much, then it's not going to be what it was. Like it's the, it's a place for you to like find yourself. Do you know what I mean? That's what I got out of it. Like, and you know, just get a bigger perspective on things, meet some like best people ever. Like I wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for music and meeting my girlfriend, like my friend group, like, traveling like i've done so much off the back of it and the idea that it could like be like completely changed on some level that i'm not getting all those things i got out of it is pretty scary really mm. Mm. i mean i think it will from my point of view i do think it will go eventually it will get back to normal but it, it's it's the time and it's what's left at the yeah. other side isn't it um but i think you're right and i don't like I'm, I'd rather not go out than go to like one of these socially distanced. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Like, have you, I haven't been, but I like, I've known a couple of people who have been trying to do things and then I've also sort of watched, uh, do you know the Progress Centre? No, no, no. Place. So they've been doing these parties where they have like an outdoor area and it's uh, semi-covered, but then they have, um, they're like, it's like a cattle market. So you have like little, like, groups of six in these like you know like metal railings yeah so they've got like pods of like metal railings and you can have up to your six in them and it just looks like i don't know i'm like i want i'm applauding people for trying things that are different and you know trying to get around things as well but at the same time it's like that's not clubbing that's yeah, not yeah. that's not the vibe that you, you like i said again from what you know i got out of it and i want out of it and what people get out of it it's just weird but like i said like i and hats off for people trying to get to get around and be be different but what do you think i i'm in the same boat and i think on one on one side it'd be really really nice to because even from even for a second even if you you get taken back to that in like your, your group of six like and you know that feeling you get when you're at a proper club like if, if you can create that in some way that must be super nice um but and at the same time yeah you still want to support people doing this because like obviously events are struggling massively so um i'd want to go and like help out a night that i really really like and if that's how i've got to do it then um yeah. i'd be down for that but the flip side of me is like i know when we can go back to some sort of a normal club and it's going to be it's probably going to be a really emotional experience for a lot of people and i would yeah. for me i'd like to save that and i'd like to really get excited about it like yeah the first time i can go back to yeah white hotel or hidden or you know anywhere or yeah even stage and radio um and not that stage and radio is bad by the way it's just uh, the third um the third uh, yeah or eastern block or yeah my event at eastern block which never got to go ahead never mind though but um yeah like waiting for that i think it's worth the wait and i'm happy to wait um and i can support collectives and nights in other ways um and i've been trying to do that through you know buying records or buying like downloads or yeah, stuff that band camp did yeah, yeah definitely. Really but it's monetizing those situations isn't it it's like it's all good someone telling you like to adapt on on certain fronts or whatever news 
you know, online services and, and do things like that. But how do you monetize it on the same level? It's like, um, I don't know, the, the, do you know the advent? You heard of the advent, Cisco Ferreira? Um, he's like a, an older guy, but he's still like going like fully like now, but he's just started this thing that Kerry's done called um, technoclub.net. So basically what it is, is that every weekend on a Friday and Saturday, you have, um, you have, you have like a lineup for the weekend and then it like rolls over from like Friday to Sunday. So you can go straight through or whatever, but you pay, I think like five euros for the, for the weekend or whatever. And that's to see as much as you want during that time or whatever. So I'm like, you know, good on him for trying to sort of like monetize it and get, cause the, the, the how they're doing it is that, that anything that's made, it's all split into rooms that's made, just goes straight back to the artist, but split fairly. Um, and I know that like, he's had like a bit of a, um, problem with like agents and people getting back to him just saying about fees and stuff and it's like it's you know they're wanting this or wanting that and it's like how how much fairer can you do it yeah 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 i mean yeah i don't think you can't, you can't start demanding fees for, for that can you it sounds a bit sounds exactly crazy yeah, yeah. It is good. i think yeah and i think for me as well like this there'll always be a dance music there'll always be an underground scene but i think we're seeing here what this is going to lead to is was it 1994 when they brought in the rave act yeah uh, we're just going to see more illegal underground parties and that's, i think like that's the thing like people are asking me in the shop about like okay like they're like so do you know of anything and yeah. i'm like no, there's nothing going on and then they go yeah but do you know of anything and i'm like dude like honestly i wish i could be giving you more i'm yeah. like yeah i've definitely heard of like little things and there's been a couple of little pockets of smaller parties and stuff like 50 people or whatever but that's like that's like edge of things if like it carries on the way it is especially manchester as well man like people will always find a way you might not know about it or you might not hear about it but you will always find a way yeah. so it's, you know you're you're, you're 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 juggling with things and like you said like you could have that situation all over again which to be totally honest like i wouldn't shy away from that would be mint i think that'd be absolutely great but yeah. of course it's like you know you'd want to be doing it in a safe way as well you know you have to be bigger picture about things yeah i've looked at i've looked at this is a uh, pre-covid uh, for a few years i've always had like this idea in my head of finding somewhere out up in sheetham hill way to do like yeah. i say an illegal i'd say it was more of a private party than a rave because i think organizing anything like that for me what i want to get down first is working electricity and toilets then security yeah. And then do it at night. So it obviously it wouldn't be like one of these like mad, weird second wave raves we've been seeing. I think, I think stuff like that's bad for the scene. Not only is it bad for the people there because they're super dangerous, but for somebody, you know, who isn't into like dance music or club culture, that's all they see. And when that's yeah. all they see, it paints us all yeah. in a bad light. And then it becomes harder to do things legitimately or, or illegitimately, but with common sense sort of thing like yeah. yeah security is the top and then find a secluded place get permission that's what i yeah. do anyway but um yeah i just it just it annoys me when yeah when it's all over the news about you know like you're just like yeah these ridiculous raves which they you know they don't look great i'll be honest with you i don't think and it just it just yeah it ruins it for the rest I of had that, what was that one that, was it oldham that went on um like yeah, like I had, again, like speaking to people and they said that they had like uh, parents getting older and stuff and asking questions and just like, you know, absolutely vilifying it. And you just like, it couldn't be further away from what I'm about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. nothing that we want to sort of, like you said, be attached to at all. Mm -hmm. But 
again, that's just like media and painting it in a black light. So, you know. Yeah. So last question, we'll end with a big one, which I think we've already discussed um, a bit anyway, but um, are you worried or hopeful then about nightlife in general after the lockdown? What are, what are our overriding feelings if you could yeah. sum them up? Yeah, I, you've got to be hopeful, haven't you? You've got to be. Like, this is like, this is what we're about. This is, you know, this is everything that we, you know, we're, we're passionate about. And yeah, it, it will prevail. Of course it will. Mm. It's just at what rate and, I don't know, like, are we going to have, are we just going to have to sort of like sit back and just expect fuck all to come our way in terms of support? Because even if it doesn't, like, again, it's still always going to go. We'll find a way or whatever. Art will always, like, be created. It always will be. And in total honesty, like, grey periods of, like, society have always produced some of the best art out there. So that's, you know, an, another plus to be taken from it. But, yeah, you've got to be hopeful. Like, right at second, I am getting really frustrated. I think everyone's had their ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And that whole thing, again, sort of, like, just lit the fire again and you were just ready to take someone's head off but yeah. everyone's going through those ups and downs and you've just got to see the light at the end of it like music's always going to be created and I'm, I'm you know I'm plowing myself into that side of things to get myself through um but yeah I'm, I'm definitely hopeful man like things will come around it will but right now you know don't feel guilty as well for having some down times and getting pissed off because you're allowed to be as well. Like you've got every right to be, um, but it's coming. Just, it's a matter of when. Amazing. Well, a great note to end on as well. Thank you. <laughs> it was really great to have you on the show today. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's always great just having chats with people. Um, yeah. I'll be in the shop soon. Um, it's actually my birthday tomorrow. So I've got a big wad of record money coming my way, which I'm looking forward to. So are you still, are you still doing the appointments? Yeah, yeah. Um, just give us a shout and I'll, I'll, we'll get you booked in or whatever. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool, man. Okay, uh, well, have a great Sunday, Ben, and I'll catch you in a bit. Yes, no worries, dude. All right. Hey, hey, thanks for listening. I hope you took a lot away from the podcast. On the next show, I'll be talking with Chloe Jeffries from Climate Emergency Manchester. Subscribe on SoundCloud or YouTube to make sure you don't miss that. See you next time.